helping disciple makers ignite a movement locally and globally. This is the Disciple First Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Etheridge. Welcome back to the Disciple First Podcast. This is a podcast by disciple makers and for disciple makers. And today I'm here with my good friend, Glenn Underhill. Glenn Underhill serves as a discipleship pastor and teaching pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Roswell, Georgia, which is a large church outside of uh, North Atlanta. Uh, Glenn has uh, attended Howard Payne University, Southwestern Theological Seminary in Fort Worth. He trains pastors uh, to lead their churches, be disciple-making pastors, both uh, locally and globally, and he has been a part of igniting disciple-making movements around the world. So he is he is no novice when it comes to disciple-making. He is a pure veteran, and Glenn, I'm really, really glad to have you back on the podcast. Man, it's great to be back. I uh, really love when we get a chance to to talk about the thing that I'm highly passionate about. Yeah, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, and he said, disciple-making is my love language. <laughs> I thought, well, you know, I could I could relate to that. <laughs> I can too. I can too. Nothing makes me more energized than to talk about it and then to see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh what we're going to talk about today is staying positive as a disciple maker. And uh, you know, Glenn, uh, when when you're in this for a while, um sometimes it can be a challenge, can it? Oh, you know, absolutely. Uh, the fact is, is when we're leading out our in our personal lives in disciple making and even in our churches and creating a disciple making movement and culture, you know, it just get it gets messy. Um, disciple making can sometimes be a long term. It's very, very much a long term thing. And so, it, you know, it's not a short term. You don't see quick results. And, uh, you know, it just requires a lot of work and effort and energy, and that can drain, be very draining and very demanding. And uh, you can find yourself quickly feeling discouraged, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, when I think about kind of my time of disciple making, there are several things that come to mind that, that cause discouragement. You know, some people drop out. You know, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't get it. Or you, you invest in a person for a long time and they, you know, they leave or they, you know, they get negative on you or something happens like that. I, I know you've experienced that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I always tell guys, look, it's, it's not how we start that matters, but it's how we finish. And, uh, and I think when I, when I think about it in those terms, uh, it, it's helpful because I have to have in my mind uh, this mindset that this is for for the long haul. I'm 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 running a marathon. How many times have you and I had that conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know that this isn't a sprint. It is we're we're running a, a a long distance race, but very methodically and very calculated, but one step in front of the other recognizing that all along the way, there are going to be these pitfalls, these things that come into uh, the midst of all of this that are going to create moments of discouragement. And it's what I do at those moments to press through that, that really are going to bring about some amazing results on the other end. And I think that's what happens is sometimes guys hit that wall 
and uh, whether you know be a, a a member who's upset or someone you know in your you know you're pouring your life into walks away and we just get so discouraged that we are like man it's just not worth it and we throw up our hands and we walk away. Yeah, you know, and discouragement uh, that disciple makers feel is not anything new. I think Jesus felt that at times. I'm sure. I'm I know that Apostle Paul. Yep. Uh, felt those things, don't you think? Oh yeah, and, and, and you know, I, it's helpful for me to think about that. And I, I think looking at the fact that that Jesus uh, had moments where he invested in these twelve guys, and he had one that walked who betrayed him. I mm-hmm. mean, and and there were times when he was, you know, pressing into their lives, and they they would say things that he was like, "Oh, they're starting to get it," and then at <laughs> moments later, they were saying other things, and he was like. I can only imagine if it were me, I'd be like, what in the world? Right. Uh, you know, and then Paul, you know, where he talks about how he invested in people's lives. And then yet he also speaks about that there were several that turned their 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 complete backs on it and were actually in opposition and opposing him mm-hmm. heavily. Uh, and, and you know, I, I can't even even begin to think about the what that must have been like for Paul at times as well. I think everybody that that pursues disciple making, investing in people, you're going to experience some level of disappointment or discouragement. And maybe I don't think that's a negative thing. I think that's just a reality thing, don't you? You, you just got to know that's that's a part of it. But like you said, how you break through those seasons determines right. your fruitfulness long term. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I, I go back to that statement. It's not how you start, but how you mm-hmm. finish. Yeah. So what and, can, what uh, can we do? You know, maybe somebody's listening right now and they go, man, that's totally me. I've been, I'm discouraged that things aren't going well in my church. I'm trying to lead this. I'm not getting backing from my elders or guys I'm investing in are kind of flaking out or I'm getting resistance from my staff team or whatever the case may be. How do you break through those moments and not just quit? Yeah, so I, I, I've kind of developed six core habits, six core practices that I, that for me, that have paid huge dividends when I'm feeling these moments of, of, of discouragement and even being proactive to help me uh, maybe even, ca- you know, as I, as I hit some of these roadblocks, um, I, I can just push through them pretty quickly. The first one I tell guys all the time, you've got to stay connected to the right power source. And, and, and that comes at a personal level. You know, I, I find that sometimes as a disciple maker, if, if I let my, my time being saturated with the word, saturated with prayer, not being Christ-centered, not being Christ-controlled, it is easy for me to quickly become discouraged. And uh, I, I think it always starts with, am I being a man of discipline? Am I being a person of discipline uh, and, and, and saturating my life with, with God's word, saturating my life with prayer uh, so that I'm, I'm in a place where I'm being transformed into the image of Christ. I'm being that disciple that, that Jesus really wants me to be. I'm reflecting his character and his conduct that really becomes the anchor where it starts for me. Hmm. You know, I was just reading this morning in my quiet time in Luke 4 where Jesus is um, about to be going to temptation. He's going into the mm-hmm. wilderness. And it says in, in Luke 4, 1, it says, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. And then on the back end of the temptation, it says, And he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thought about those words, filled, 
led and empowered by the spirit. And, you know, that was just a good reminder. That's what I need, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think the only way that that maintains uh, over the long haul is we have to be disciplined uh, and stay connected to the right source Mm -hmm. day in and day out. You know, the second thing I, I, you know, say to folks too, is you got to lead with conviction. Um, because I think when we don't lead with conviction, it's easy for us to drift uh, and, and, and kind of get, I, you know, kind of get secondary things can kind of come along and, and, and cause me to get off, off, you know, off tilt a little bit. You know, I, I, Jesus just was um, propelled and, and, and motivated to live on mission. And, uh, and, and what I find with most church leaders is, our natural desire is the how, and so we get so driven by the how that we even neglect the why. And if I'm not really totally 100% understanding of the why and driven by the why, it will, when the, the, the how starts to come along and it's not pretty and it doesn't look like I had imagined it to look like, it, it doesn't become sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, man, I just encourage folks, you know, lead with conviction because you believe with all your heart that you are the picture of the preferred destination and you'll be able to push through those, those, those moments and those seasons where it's difficult because you are convinced without a shadow of it out. This is what you're called to be and what you're called to lead your, your church and your personal life towards. You know, people feed off that conviction too. They can sense if this is coming out of who you are, right? That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, you know, I, I remember early when you and I were working together and we would talk about, you know, you know, we wanted to kind of, you know, everything we wanted, it was our DNA. We wanted to bleed it. If people cut us open, it was coming out of us from every source. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I live with the conviction that I want to walk as Jesus walked, do as Jesus did, and follow Jesus's pattern for my life and my ministry. And it impacts that impacts everything I do because I am just I'm led out of that conviction, uh, and and no matter what I'm gonna I always come back to that core conviction. Mm, that's a good word. Yeah. Well, and then the, in the next thing, the third thing I. I I encourage people to do is to be a learner, uh, read books, listen to other disciple makers. I, I have a shelf here in my office uh, and I, I tell my staff, Hey, if you ever need a, a moment of being motivated, I said, when I'm feeling a lack of motivation, I've got this shelf and it's got my top 10 books on disciple making. And I'll pick one of those out and I'll start reading it um, again and again and again. I've you know, I, I, my Jesus Christ Disciple Maker book, which is one of the books mm-hmm. in that shelf, I, the pages are falling out of it because I've read it so much. But every time I, I reread it again and again and again, I it it this I become more and more uh, more passionate about it. Or you know, four chair disciple making and and other books that are kind of on that list. And and then I'm I'm constantly listening to websites and podcasts from from guys that are you know, engaged in it because I want to be a learner. I want to, I want to hear what God's doing in their heart. I, you know, I listen to Ken Adams podcast regularly every week. I'm, I'm, I'm reading his blog. I, I, I'm out on uh, Ken and Vaughn and other places, you know, um, 
uh, guys that I've kind of run across that, man, I'm just constantly absorbing and listening and hearing. And even the, conf- you know, just even the conferences I attend, I want to make sure that I'm not getting out into too many other conferences that might cause me to get distracted. I want to stay in the game. So I, I just encourage always guys be learners. You know, the good thing is God is raising up uh, disciple making pastors and resources now uh, more than we've had. You know, Glenn, I remember, you know, 15 years ago, there there didn't seem to be as much as there is now of, the, right. of the resources and especially for pastors in the local church. And so that it's what a great opportunity to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think there's never been a better time. And right now there's this window that really seems to have sprung open and there's so many amazing resources out there. But, you know, I, I again, I just find those few and, and just, a, just really be a learner of those, of those folks. And, and, and that kind of, piggybacks on the fourth thing I, I, I say frequently too, is you got to stay connected. You, be, you need to be connected to the right people. Um, get around like-minded disciple makers. If you're a pastor, you need to find another pastor or two that you can meet with on a regular basis who are going to be able to encourage you, inspire you, listen. Uh, you can throw best practices at each other. Uh, I, I, I meet with a man in our church who is a, who is a, at a personal level, he is a hot hearted disciple maker. And we, we probably have a coffee at least once a month. And he's, you know, sharing stories of what God's doing in the area of his disciple making efforts. And it, I mean, I come so fired up when I come back from having coffee with him. I'm like, man, I want to take the world <laughs> because, uh, I've just learned that, getting connected to the right kind of people who are thinking about it, man, they can encourage you. They can pray for you. They can say, Hey, stay with it. You know, our good friend, Jerry, I, 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 I talk to Jerry at least once a month and mm-hmm. just, you know, man, Jerry, and he just, you know, he encourages me, stay in it. Don't give up, stay, stay the course. So, you know, getting connected to the right people are really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the next thing I always say is the fifth thing is to stay balanced. Um, and, and, and this is where I, I find a lot of guys, we, we can, again, we can, you know, all this is staying pressed with the gas pedal on, but I, I, I also find that we need to stay balanced and re- resting, retreating and, and finding the normal patterns and rhythms in our life. Because when you study the life of Jesus, you know, he, he would press hard into ministry and press hard into his guys, but then he would take them off often and retreat with them and just debrief. And I'm sure there was a lot of laughter and fun, but they built a routine of, of, of moving and pulling back and moving and pulling back and moving and pulling back. And it's just so important that you have moments of rest. Yeah, boy, you know, especially when you're in the local church, it just seems like you can get on that treadmill and just, it's from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And so many pastors burn out, don't they? Oh, yeah. And and that's one of the things that I encourage guys is once a month, uh, I, I know once a month, I take a half day to a full day just to do three things to assess. I assess my personal priorities. Am I, how am I doing in my spiritual health? Am I Am I investing in people who are far from God? Am I investing in, in a few men? And how are those things coming? How? Then the next thing I do is assess our church's priorities. Are, are there some areas that need adjustment this next month or that I need to press into? 
And then I address those and then I develop from that as I address those issues and I write those things down. The next thing I do is apply and then I set up an action plan for my next month so that I can begin re-engaging and rethinking about how to how to better dial in. Uh, and man, I find every month after I come off of that, that I'm I'm more focused, I'm more centered. I've had some rest. I've, I've, I'm, I'm energized. I've heard the spirit speak to me about some things, and now I'm, I'm ready to set, set uh, them in motion that next month what I'm going to do, rather than the calendar telling me what to do. Right. So just to repeat that, assess, um, address, address, and apply. And apply. Yeah. Man, those have been two, three huge words for me in my my once a month getting off campus kind of just spending a half day to a full day, just retreating a little bit to, to work through some of those things. Mm-hmm. Good, good. Very helpful. Yeah. And then the last thing, and I think it's something we're not really good at doing, Craig, is celebrating, celebrating wins. And, um, you know, sometimes it's easy when things are not going our way to forget and to be reminded of, of, of stories of people that you have seen their lives be transformed. They are living uh, and, and, and breathing realities of the preferred destination. Right. And uh, I think it's so important to, uh, to, to, to go back to those and to remember those times and to, and to see that it is worth it and it is important and to see those small systemic wins of transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking about Luke ten twenty one when the seventy two go out and they come back and it says Jesus was filled with joy. I yeah. had to think there were some high fives and some chest bumps and you know some some level of celebration going on there. That uh, man, this this is happening. You know, the Jesus yep. to the twelve to the seventy two to the others also. There was a four four generation movement being you know yeah. being birthed right then. Yeah, and I think. You know, I think even when the 12 came back from their initial mm-hmm. ministry, that, that, that initial time where he sends them off and he commissions them to go out and then the 72 come back and they're just, and he's, they're, they're, you, you, you see them just saying, Hey, this is what happened. And this is what happened. And this is, and I, I just, I can't help but think that man, Jesus was just going, I mean, his heart was about to explode because they're, they're, they're fired up. They're getting it. They're understanding their, their, they've put their life out there and they're, they're catching the vision of being and making disciples for a lifetime. Um, I, you know, I think you, not only do you have to celebrate those small wins, but you also, I, I think it's important to develop a, a, a matrix system for measuring wins. And that looks different for every church. But, you know, if we're only measuring things based on, you know, budgets and baptisms and buildings, then we're going to find a lot, a lot of times we're really discouraged. Right. Uh, but if we develop a, a real matrix in our church that's in line to in alignment to making disciples that make disciples and thinking about it a little bit differently, I think that really um, change, is, it becomes a little bit of a game changer because then you can see those slow, steady movements as you're moving forward to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it seems to me that Jesus uh, used invitation and celebration to move people through the process. You know, he didn't Mm -hmm. push people through the process. He didn't guilt them to the next level. 
I mean, they could walk at any time, but he always invited people into the next stage. And then when they made it, he said, celebrate just like he, you know, uh, he said, when one sinner repents, all of heaven celebrates. And uh, there's a sense of celebration at every stage along the way that keeps people motivated to want to go to the next level. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Positively. Well, Glenn, as as you look at these, and, and these are these have been really great. I, I think that um, you you think about being a learner, getting around people. You think about uh, taking these retreats and assessing, uh, celebrating the wins. Man, those are so vital. Which one of these do you think is is helping you right now? That's a personal question, but which one do you feel like you're kind of leaning into right now? Yeah, I think uh, for me. Uh, right now it's, it's leading out of conviction. Uh, I, I am in a, a new ministry setting and, um, we're right now, uh, creating new systems and new, new, uh, new procedures and new ways of new paradigms for ministry. And, uh, I, I think, uh, as I kind of run into, well, hey, we've never done it this way before, or we've, I run into, well, that that's going to mean I'm going to have to change or do something differently. Um, leading out of conviction, because I believe with all my heart, mind, and soul that that we are to be and make disciples, is what keeps me uh, motivated every day when I come in, even when it gets a little bit hard. And I can open up a little bit of a window and share with them the why and why it so matters and why it's so important. Um, and then the, the the next aspect of that would be the retreating because because it is so daunting mm-hmm. and, and at times just getting away to pull back once a month has been really beneficial for me. Yeah. Well, thank you, Glenn, for being such a – uh, faithful disciple maker. Uh, we've been walking this journey for many, many years, and um, uh, for us to be so young, it's hard to believe we've been at it this long. <laughs> but uh, but for your just faithfulness to continue to do that and to lead your church to be that way. So thank you for being a great example to all of us. Well, I you know thank you. You've been a you've been a big part of the journey, and and uh, I. Um, you know, I, as I tell you all the time, I, uh, I'm so grateful that you've loved me and, and, uh, really been a big, uh, big supporter in my life. And I, I know I wouldn't be where I am apart from your investment in my life as well. So it goes both ways. That's right, brother. Thank you so much. And Hey, you may be listening in on this podcast and you're saying, man, this is what I need. I need more information like this. Well, that's what Disciple First is all about. You can go to DiscipleFirst.com, DiscipleFirst.com, to find resources, encouragement, training, support for your disciple-making ministry. Also, you can go to FlashpointConference.com, where you can get alongside of other great leaders like Glenn and others that come into those conferences and, and share proven tools of how to create disciple-making movements. So go to disciplefirst.com or flashpointconference.com for more information. And until then, go make disciples. For more information on events and content, visit disciplefirst.com.